Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the UK ice hockey podcast. We're in partnership with the Hockey Art Co., hockey clothing for hockey people, worn by the best and hated by the rest. Listeners to Zero Pucks Given get a 10% discount on everything site-wide at hockeyartclothing.co.uk. Just enter the code ZP10 upon checkout to get your discount. We are also now on the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can find all the details about the podcast and all the episodes there as well, as well as a wealth of sporting podcasts from different sports from around the world on their website. This is episode 76. I'm Ben. Welcome along. And we've got the match reports from an exciting weekend of League Cup semi-final action. One league fixture in there as well. Exclusive coaches' thoughts, player of the week and next week's fixtures. In the news, then, we'll start with some roster updates. Oxford City Stars have been busy on the ins and outs. Released from the Stars were Ollie Harris, Aaron Moody, who has moved north and joined the Solihull Barons, and Bailey Hind pitcher who has moved west and down a division to Cardiff Fire. I thought a lot of Britain teams would look to snap up BHP, but logistically, Cardiff may have been a better fit for him than anywhere else. In at the Oxpens then, and out at the Riverside is James Pentecost. Pence has returned to Oxford City Stars after nine years away, has enjoyed a few great seasons at Chelmsford Chieftains, but after I spoke with Pence, personal life and commute distance was a big factor in the move. Also returning to Oxford City Stars is Jake Williams after a couple of years away. The Stars hoping these moves will turn their fortunes around. No new Department of Player Safety news this week for the Britain division, although pleased to report they have adjusted the imagery with the new England Ice Hockey logo on all of their posts. Let's get to the semi-finals of the League Cup then, as the Red Hawks face off against the Invicta Dynamos for the right to face either the Jets or the Chieftains at the end of Feb. And we will start at the Stables Planet Ice in Gillingham. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Ryder and Milton, the starting netties for the Moes, and the Hawks, as an even start to the game, saw chances at both ends, but the visitors got a power play chance on 5.56, when Strawson received two for charging. The Moes, whoever killed the penalty off, and upon returning to full strength, nearly took the lead when Tom Saw rattled the bar. The speed of the game continued, and the home side had a power play chance when Briggs sat for two for slashing on 13.13. In the power plays, the Moes ding the iron again, but can't find a way past Milton. As the period was winding to an end, an interference penalty for Laschek gave the visitors the man advantage from 1855, and within 30 seconds they made it count when Watt assisted Thomas Skokan for 1-0 on 1920 power play goal. Into the second, and the game continued to have pace and be fairly evenly until Brittle assisted Ziggy Beasley to double the Red Hawks' advantage to 2-0 on 2806. Ziggy has been in sparkling form for Streatham these past few weeks. The Moes reduced the deficit to one shortly after when Laming assisted Sam Oliver to make it 2-1 on 31-32. And a couple of minutes later, it was a tied game when Laschek and Springer Hughes assisted Tom Saw for 2-2 on 33-30. Tom also been in sparkling form of late. The Redhawks killed off a Ryan Watt tripping penalty at the end of the second and we started the third tied and even-handed. A period of 4-4 four four after Painter and Saw took consecutive penalties for cross-checking and tripping respectively, of 54-54 and 46-23, but both were killed off. Streatham had to kill off a Waller tripping penalty on 51-03, but special teams held strong. And when Strawson sat for two for Invicta for holding on 55-27, Thomas Skokan got his second of the night on 56-09 to make it 3-2 to the Red Hawks. Power play goal. That's how the first leg stayed. Man of the match performances to Hobson, Oliver and all back to the high road for Sunday nights. The great and good of Kent and South London and beyond headed to SW16 to finish this intriguing cup semi-final. The first leg proving that being ruthless on the power play will take you places and it only took 14 seconds of the first period for the Red Hawks to prove their ruthlessness when Ely Newman and Briggs assisted Luke Brittle to make it 1-0, 4-2 on aggregate. Chances flowed for the home side but in Owen Ryder they found an immovable force of the Dynamo's net. Chances continued for the home side through the second, the Dynamo struggling to get their offensive players off the ground, but it took until the latter part of that period for the Red Hawks to extend their lead, where Beasley and Waller assisted former Dynamo Brandon Miles, who smashed past Ryder from the left circle for 2-0 on 36-50. And the game seemingly stretched beyond Invicta before the second was out, where Miles and Painter assisted JJ Pitchley, who carried the puck into the attacking zone and wrong-footed Aaron Ryder for 3-0 on 39-09. Into the third, and the Moes pulled one back when Laschek and Bronyman assisted Mad Stone for 3-1 on 43-39. Both sides swapped penalties with Pitchley for Streatham and Spreer Hughes for Invicta before Moes pulled another goal back as Laschek and Bronyman again assisted Mad Stone again to make it 3-2 on 56-04. But the game was settled by the home side when Painter assisted JJ Pitchley to smash home from the slot for a second goal on his birthday, making it 4-2 on the night, 7-4 on aggregate, and the Streatham Redhawks advance to the League Cup final. Considering their league position and the games in hand, the double is looking very much on for Ben Painter's side. After the game, the Streatham player coach gave his thoughts on the semi-final victory. Yeah, we went into the uh, the weekend um, with a doubleheader against Invicta in the Cup semi-final. Um, two teams that aren't probably each other's biggest fans at the moment, and I think it set up a good good weekend of hockey. I mean... Both games were were both well contested. I don't think there was there was any anything that was uh, any talking points other than sort of good hockey. And uh, yeah, we we were 
we knew that we were going to go into there on Saturday and it was going to be tough. We knew that the crowd were going to be on top of us as, as usual and it's a very hard place to play. Ice is terrible and, and they sort of they found a way to really sort of play their game on that ice and make it difficult for other teams. And um, Yeah, we, we went in there and we battled. I don't think we were really anywhere near our, our best. We, we, we worked hard. All the boys emptied the tanks. Um, still sort of a little bit short-benched and... Um, yeah, I mean, the, the work rate was definitely there, but I just don't think some of our execution and some of our play was, was where it needed to be. But we managed to leave there with a, a goal lead going back home on the Sunday, which you ask any, any sort of sports team in, in the world, in any sport, um, going back home for a second leg, um, one goal up, you're always going to be pleased. So yeah, I was, I was happy with where we were and the situation we were in. And I knew that, I knew that the boys would respond well back home on, on home ice on the Sunday, and we did just that. We, we we got to our game plan straight away. Um, it helped that we got the first goal early early on. Um, it helped massively. Um, really sort of settled us down a little bit. And, and I think from then on, really, we just we managed the game really well. We were we were very good. Um, only conceded two power play goals um, on the kill, obviously, um, which probably probably we need to watch. But I think our discipline was pretty good in general. Um, but it just goes to show that five and five, we were we were very good and and we we really did sort of control the game from start to finish, I believe. And um, it, we got JJ and, and Marzi back, which which obviously helps us get three full forward lines back instead of guys double shifting. Um, and it really allowed us to get some fresher legs and and, and play our game and get back to how we want to play. And also, Cole Lennon paid tribute to the hard work of his players over the weekend. Very disappointed to have not made another cup final. Um, it provided us with some great moments last uh, last season. And so pretty devastated to have not managed to replicate that again. I think really we could only have ourselves to blame on that front. I thought on Saturday we, we were in a, a really strong game where we matched Streatham and played very well for, for three periods of, of hockey. Um, the three-two loss really, for me, only came as a consequence of, you know, poor a poor um, penalty at the end of the game, which honestly don't think was a penalty probably on either side. Um, I in fact thought we were going to have a power play in that situation. It wasn't the case, and uh, yeah, subsequently they scored, and and that that swung the the fixture in their favour on a three-two that night. But uh, I think generally speaking, the boys played really well that day, and. On even strength, we were we were up on the game two one, but two power play goals from Streatham, you know, proved um, the small margins that make the difference in, in that game. Um, so it was evenly contested. They obviously welcomed back a couple of players on the Sunday fixture, and um, we had one or two that couldn't um, fulfil that game, unfortunately, um, for for working commitments. But uh, we still had confidence that we could go to Streatham and get a result and. Honestly speaking, you know, conceding a goal such uh, such an early point of the game uh, was was disappointing, especially the manner of which we conceded it. We left a man wide open on the back post, and you know, you you can't do that against a team like them. Um, aside from that, the first period I thought we had some good chances. We were unfortunate not to take those, and I think Milton and Net played very well for them, as did Owen Ryder across both games for us. Um, my, my biggest disappointment was the second period. We, we were really flat. We didn't play with any energy or intensity and we gave far too much space to, to Streatham in the offensive zone in order to create chances. And uh, when they got a couple, they took them 
very similar goals um, back to back. And so, you know, at the end of the second period break, I was, it was quite forceful, in my opinion, on, on how unhappy I was about that. And um, thankfully, there was a reaction. The boys did play well in the third. We, we managed to claw a couple of goals back to make it, I guess, a little uncomfortable to start with um, for them. Uh, whilst they still had a two-goal lead, you know, that's the worst lead in hockey, isn't it? So we, um, we felt with a few minutes left to play, we might still be able to sneak a, a goal. And um, again, I don't know where the decision came from, but an icing call was waved off and they scored off the back of that and kind of killed all the momentum that we had going into those final few minutes. So... Like I said, an overwhelming feeling of disappointment. Um, of course, I'm happy that the boys put a, a huge shift in across the whole weekend. I couldn't fault their effort. It's just those those small margins, like I said, that, that make the difference. So we now have to um, focus on two games back-to-back with Oxford uh, this weekend coming. And, uh, of course, after their result, I'm sure that they're going to be chomping at the bit to get back on the ice. So we'll have a, a different proposition to, to come up against and... Um, yeah, we look forward to, to getting back um, to, uh, to our usual selves um, off the back of this weekend. The other semi-final saw second and third teams in the league go toe-to-toe. A rerun of last season's semi-final as well. The first leg at the hangar in Slough got off to a flying start for the home side as English and Christian Moore assisted Luke Smittle to make it 1-0 on 110. The Chieftains pulled back level when Huggett assisted Richie Pickering to make it 1-1 on 521. Penalties followed for both sides when Smithson and Hitching sat for roughing and slashing on 7.37 and were joined by Seb Moore and Alan Lack on 8.14 for holding and cross-checking. Slough had a man advantage soon after when Hitchings was given two for boarding on 13.37 but the Chieftains killed it off. Then had a power play chance themselves when Harmon sat for two for tripping on 15.55 but the Jets held strong. The home side then retook the lead when Christian Moore assisted Luke Smithall for his second on 19.02. Into the second, and when Smittle clashed with Lauday on an offensive play, the visiting players surrounded the netminder, and confrontations broke out, seeing penalties for both sides. The home side seeing Smittle get two for interference, and Hatfield get five-plus game for fighting. The visitors saw Bulldog and Russell both receive five-plus game for fighting. Shortly after that, Dreeland sat for the hosts for high sticks. A few minutes later, and the penalty box door was open again, as English and Lack both sat for two for roughing on 25-52. Slough then extended their lead when Hemmings Mayer assisted Adam Erskine to make it 3-1 on 26-46. On 29-35, Cam Bartlett took a five-minute major penalty for slashing, and from that face-off, Slough stretched their lead further when Seb Moore and Hemmings Mayer assisted Christian Moore to make it 4-1 on 30-05. Two penalties in quick succession for Slough made it 4-3 on three after Goodchild sat for tripping on 30-59, and Minter for high sticks on 31-49. And after that, the arm went up, Lorde headed for the bench, and Jameson assisted Grant Bartlett to make it 4-2 on 32-24, delayed penalty goal. After the goal, Slough were given a bench penalty for delay of game, and a few minutes later, Dan Fay got two for hooking on 35-58. In the resulting power play, Slough pushed further ahead, when Goodchild and Minter assisted Christian Moore for his second goal of the night, making it 5-2 on 37-07. And straight from the restart, Hemmings Mayer assisted Adam Erskine for his second on 37-25. Chelmsford took a timeout following the goal as Slough took a commanding 6-2 lead into the third after the second period took 56 minutes to complete. An end-to-end start to the third with chances at both ends, but it was Chelmsford who pulled another back when Pickering and Cam Bartlett assisted Grant Bartlett for his second on 51-38 for 6-3. 
Visitors had a period of five on three after Harmon and Seb Moore were punished for interference and high sticks, but couldn't force the goal. Not even for the final two minutes after Holika received two for hooking on 58.07, but 6-3 it stayed. Man of the match awards for Erskine and Pickering, and it's all back to the Riverside on Sunday night. Confrontations and conversations at Centre Ice in the warm-ups told you this was probably going to be a feisty affair. I seem to remember it being exactly the same in last year's semi-final second leg. But, as it was last night, it was the Jets who flew out of the traps, and despite some early physical dominance from the hosts, Minter assisted Connor Redmond, who smashed past Lorde for 1-0 on 159. After the restart, Huggett was given two for interference on 2-12, but the Chieftains killed off the penalty. They equalised after that when Lack and Grant Bartlett's play in the attacking zone saw the puck drift out to the right side half boards where Dan Hitching smashed one goalwards that Brett Massey was, uh, Brett Massey was unsighted for, making it 1-1 on 8-13. The penalty box benches were barely having a chance to cool down and were soon in use again after the goal when Cam Bartlett sat for two for hooking, followed by King for slashing on 12-04. And in the brief period of five on three, Goodchild fed the puck to Minter, whose pass across the crease hit Jameson's skate and went in, making it 2-1 on 12-18, power play goal. This released Cam Bartlett, however Jay King was still in the box, and the Jets made the Chieftains pay when Minter and Smithel assisted Christian Moore to finish from the right circle on 12.52 for 3-1 power play goal. On 14.03, Lack and Soper both held on a little too long and headed to the sim bin, before good work by Faye and Porter got the puck across the crease to Halden Barnes Garner, who finished well for 3-2 on 14.52. The game exploded on 16.35, when a nasty hit from Smithel on Grant Bartlett saw the Chieftains number nine down on the ice, whilst Cameron Bartlett sought retribution. After a few minutes of the officials attempting to regain control, Cameron Bartlett received five plus game for fighting and a game for, miscon- for misconduct, while Smithel received five for cross-checking and game for misconduct. While the Chieftains bench received two for abuse of officials, so after a dangerous inflection by a slough player, it was in fact the Chieftains on the penalty kill. Frustration was beginning to build on and off the ice, where, I must admit, the atmosphere was absolutely bouncing. The second period saw long but explosive periods of hockey with chances at both ends, Minter rattling the iron for Slough and Brett Massey and Jordan Lorde equal to everything thrown at them. Chieftains had to kill over three minutes of five on three after Rayner got two for roughing and Jameson received two plus two for high six and drawing blood, but the defences and goalies remained on top in the second. Into the third and the Chieftains came out with a point to prove and Grant Bartlett made back on the ice after the collision in the second and he along with Huggett assisted Damon Porter to make it 3-3 on 40-18. On 48-39 Dan Fay received a questionable penalty for holding and on a breakaway Porter assisted Holden Barnes-Garner for his second making it 4-3 on 49-32 short-handed goal. On 52-32 Grant Bartlett sat for two for roughing and the Chieftains managed to kill off the penalty. They pulled Lorde for the final 80 seconds in an attempt to get the two goals to force overtime, but a break by English saw him miss the empty net the first time, but after the putt came off the backboards, it was tucked away for 4-4 on 59-36, empty net goal. And enough to make the aggregate score 10-7 to the Jets, and they will face the Stratton Red Hawks home and away at the end of February. Man of the match awards to Soper and Barnes Garner, as it's just league focus all the way to the playoffs for the Chieftains. There was one other game this weekend as the Milton Keynes Thunder made the trip to the Oxpens in a rearranged game from the cancellations over the weekend where Adam Johnson tragically passed away. Matt Lorde makes his 150th appearance for the Stars, 
Jake Williams and James Pentecost both debut, and the Thunder welcome back Cameron Hamill, Ben Davis, Julian Smith and Callum Burr after last week's thumping at Chelmsford. The game started after the pleasantries, and the Stars, obviously eager to get a good start, found themselves on the end of a two-minute bench penalty for too many men on 55 seconds. And on the power play, Hamill assisted Ben Davis to make it 1-0 on 108 power play goal. Shortly after, it went from bad to worse for the home side, as Hamill and Chiru assisted Mark Austin to make it 2-0 on 2 minutes 50. The Stars tried to force their way back into the game, and even had a ninth-minute power play after Davis sat for slashing on 8.59 but it remained 2-0. Into the second, and Jan Kostel set the pace early, and then combining with James Pentecost and Nethersale got his first goal for since joining Oxford to make it 2-1 on 2047. The Stars continued to push, but possibly over-exuberant, giving MK another power play chance on 25-54 when Kostel sat for hooking, but after they killed it off, they began to pepper Dan Norton's goal until a shot from Kostel was put in on the rebound by James Pentecost netting his first Oxford goal of his second spell on his debut on 28-36, making it a tied game at 2-2. The Stars were again on the penalty kill after Flanagan sat for interference, but again they held strong. And on 35-54, Howe took a cross-checking penalty for MK, and in the resulting power play, Jake Williams and Elliot assisted Danny Williams, who was stationed in front of Norton's goal, and got the tip in for the comeback 3-2 to the Stars on 37-32 power play goal. The Thunder came rumbling out for the third and made it a tied game when Davis and McGarvey assisted Col McCluskey to make it 3-3 on 42-48. It was end-to-end in the third and it was the visitors who retook the lead when McCluskey and McGarvey assisted Nathan Mead to make it 4-3 on 48-37. A minute later and Howe and Davis assisted Cameron Hamill as he dragged the puck back between his legs and finished top shelf past Miller to make it 5-3 on 49-32. Stars called timeout on 49.51 to stem the flow of MK goals, but it didn't have the desired effect as Mark Austin went unassisted to make it 6-3. Austin and Flanagan both headed for early showers after getting 2 plus 5 for interference and fighting and cross-checking and fighting respectfully. Hamill then scored another assist as Thunder captain Hayden Hager finished the game with a 7th goal for the Thunder on 54.17, making it 7-3. Man of the match performances we didn't quite get. Shannon Taylor was unable to comment after the game after travelling to the hospital with an injured player, however did make this statement. Apologies for not being available for a post-match interview and for the signing. Regardless of the result, I was looking forward to seeing the fans and I will make sure I am available next week. I have had to leave the rink to take a player to hospital. The performance level tonight was beyond unacceptable and I apologise to each and every fan who came to the game tonight. There will be lots of work to rectify what happened tonight during the week. I will be working tirelessly to make the necessary improvements. And then today, captain for the Stars from this weekend, Darren Elliott, shared this post through the Stars' social media. Morning, Stars fans. Uh, Darren Elliott here, uh, the captain for the weekend. Um, I'd just like to take this opportunity to uh, apologise on behalf of myself and the rest of the team um, for our recent performances. Um, it's not in any way, shape or form a reflection of the way our coach wants us to play um, and we uh, feel bitterly disappointed in the way that we've uh, conducted ourselves um, and represented ourselves, our club and the way that we performed in front of you as our amazing following home fans and away fans but um, it's not been good enough and uh, I can only thank you for your support um, and I hope um, 
to see you in the coming weeks and we will make changes we will um, put our wrongs to rights and we will become better and hopefully we can uh, do you all proud as we hope, hope to have done for the season which obviously hasn't gone to plan but I'd just like to thank you for your support and hopefully we can turn, turn, the, turn the table and, uh, and get going thanks so much why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, that's the weekend's games all done and dusted. Our League Cup final will take place at the end of February between the Stretton Redhawks and Slough Jets. So now let's take a look at this. Hi, it's Justin Wong, Kenny Wu from the Muddy Ducks, presenting Zero Pucks, given Britain Division Player of the Week. Player of the Week this week, then. Obviously, had four teams playing Saturday and Sunday, and both ties were incredibly entertaining. However, with a solid and mature performance across both nights, bagging three goals, three assists, and getting a place in the League Cup final, this week's Player of the Week is Slough Jets, Christian Moore. No change in the Britain table, however, the gap between Milton Keynes in 8th and Oxford in 7th is now just four points, and the Thunder do have five games in hand, and those sides will meet again in a couple of weeks. To the fixtures then for the weekend of February the 3rd and 4th, the early face-off at Planet Ice in Gosport sees the Devils welcome the Red Hawks for a 5pm, the Devils always capable of giving out bloody noses at their barn. The 5.15 face-off at the Sapphire. Hopefully, ice tech issues meant there was no hockey in Romford this weekend, just gone. But hopefully by next week it'll be all good. 5.15 face-off for the Buccaneers versus the Jets. 5.45 face-off as the Dynamos host the City Stars, two teams that'll be keen to get back to winning ways. Sunday the 4th sees the Solent Devils make the trip to Chelmsford for a 6pm face-off at the Riverside. 6.15 at the Oxpen sees a reverse of Saturday night as the Moes trot up the M40 to face the Oxford City Stars. And finally, the Milton Keynes Thunder will head to SW16 to face the mighty Red Hawks in a top versus bottom fixture at 6.45pm. Make sure you purchase all your tickets from the correct outlets. Watch out for those dart charges if you're travelling over the River Thames this weekend. Bring your voices and please support your clubs. Well, that is it. Episode 76 is in the bank. Later this week, I'll be catching up with Mr Solon himself the Solent Devils player coach, Alex Murray. So please keep your eyes on the socials for that. Follow ZPG on Instagram, X, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat and Threads. And make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify and, of course, YouTube, where there are hundreds of hours of content. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everybody for giving their time and their thoughts to the podcast. Any feedback that you've got on it is really, really gladly received, regardless of if the feedback is good or bad. It's always really good to hear that people are listening and hear what they think of it. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.
Podcast Network.